to episode four of Dowry, the Saudi football podcast with me, Peter Redding, and of course, Arab News Sport Editor, Ali Khaled. It's been another busy week in the Saudi Pro League and indeed for the national team. As usual, we'll have Khaled Al-Arafa giving us his latest dispatch from the ground. But first, as always, down to business. Ali, one major announcement this week. Hi, Peter. Good to be back. Um, yeah, uh, not one of football's... Uh... Best kept secrets. Uh, it's been uh, reported for a few weeks now, but um, it's been confirmed. Roberto Mancini is the the new coach of the Saudi national team. Uh, obviously, a few weeks ago, he resigned from his Italy post. Uh, uh, you know, with rumors that he was going to be joining Saudi Arabia. It took a few weeks, I think, to finalize the deal. But once he had left Italy, I mean, I think there was little doubt. Most people. Um, in the know, shall we say, they they expected him to sign for Saudi Arabia. It was only a matter of time. It was announced this week. Uh, he's landed. Uh, he landed in Riyadh and uh, did a press conference. Um, yeah, I mean, interesting times. You know, he's got uh, big shoes to fill. Uh, Hervé Renard obviously took uh, uh, Saudi Arabia to the World Cup, that famous win against uh, uh, Argentina. They could have. Uh, you know, it's, for some people, it was slightly disappointed that they didn't progress and win uh, any of the other games. And maybe not everyone's favorite, but he did a good job. And, you know, again, he lasted a good four years, really stabilized the team and um, turned them into a force uh, before leaving, surprisingly, to go coach the uh, French uh, women's national team in the World Cup. Uh, but uh, Renard did a great job. And, um, yeah, Mancini's got a, a lot to live up to and quite a lot coming up. Yeah, you say that. Let's look at Mancini. He's got some big challenges ahead of him, I would say, Ali. Uh, he's going to be under the spotlight first and foremost. Uh, I've incredibly failed to take Italy to the World Cup in Qatar. That's right. Absolutely. You know, um, spot on, Peter. Because, you know, they, they obviously won uh, the Euro 2020, which was played in 2021. Uh, they beat England on penalties at Wembley. So that was... All, an obvious high point for him, you know, and um, and for Italian football, a, a great, great victory. But then, you know, they failed to get to the World Cup, and that's the second World Cup in a row. You know, they either side of the Euro triumph didn't get to the World Cup. So, so you know, he, he, he was being judged, you know, and above all else, Saudi Arabia, you know, want to qualify for the next World Cup, you know. So, uh, um, you know, we would expect them to. Uh, I think uh, first up is the... 2023 AFC Asian Cup, which is taking place in Qatar. This is the mm. tournament that was uh, meant to uh, be played in China this year, but obviously it was uh, delayed. So, uh, you know, that's that's coming up, you know, that's just around the corner, really, you know, uh, at the start of uh, 2024. He's got a busy agenda. That's a very busy agenda, you know. Uh, so, and look, Saudi Arabia haven't won it since 1996 uh, uh, in Abu Dhabi. So, it's a long time for a team like Saudi Arabia not to be, you know, Asian champions. They do see themselves now as one of the, you know, having the best league in Asia and, you know, one of the best uh, national teams, if not the best. So, so a lot will be expected. I think 
you know, it, it's it's not uh, it's not a case of getting to the quarterfinals or semifinals. Saudi Arabia will be expecting to win it. And of course, starting uh, very soon as well are the qualifiers for the 2026 uh, World Cup. Plenty for him to to get stuck into. Talk about hit the ground running. Uh, back to domestic matters, AK. The big four have started to flex their muscles looking at the results of uh, of, of just gone by. Yeah, I mean, champions that have continued their perfect start to the season. You know, they've got a maximum of 12 points. Uh, and so have Al-Ahli, who won 2-0 uh, the other night. Uh, they're, on, they're on 12 as well. They're just uh, second on goal difference. So those two still, you know, uh, perfect records. Al-Hilal, who were slightly disappointed uh, to, um, to drop a couple of points, uh, are in third now. You know, they're, they're, you know, we keep saying it, you know, they're, they're going to be right up there. They're, they're, they'll want their title back. Uh, but I think the story of the last week has been the return to form of Al Nasser. Uh, they had lost yeah. their opening two matches right Russia down at the bottom. Straight away. Yeah, yeah, straight away. And they were like at the bottom of the table. Uh, but since uh, since our last episode, Peter, we, you know, they, they've won two matches and they've won them, you know, handsomely. Uh, they beat Fatah 5-0. Cristiano scored a hat-trick. Sadio Mane scored twice. Uh and then they beat Shabab uh, 4-0. And that's a big result, you know, mm. uh, beating Shabab 4-0. Uh, again, Ronaldo scored twice. Uh, Mane starting to chip in. Um, it's all coming together for them, those two results. They're shooting up the table. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the, you know, we, we expected the top four to settle in, and uh, the big four, shall we say, uh, to settle yeah. in with all, with all the big signings. Um, Take control of the league. Uh, look, a big shout out to Altaun and Ittifaq, who are at at the moment in fourth and fifth. Uh, but at the rate it's going, we expect Al Nasser to be among the top four very soon. Okay, it's time for our special guest and to reveal, pull back the curtain. Uh, our guest is, in fact, Paul Williams of the Asian Game podcast and website. Uh, Paul, great to have you with us. I've got to ask you to kick off. Uh, what have you? What do you make of the start of the Saudi Pro League so far and, and your view on all the new players? It's certainly been an exciting couple of months in, in Saudi football, I think it's fair to say. I mean, just cast our mind back. 12 months and think about where the league has come in in that short space of time it's a completely different landscape now in in Saudi football the start of this season it's been it's been full of surprises I think Etifak uh, started well Al Nasser started slow which is probably a little bit of a surprise um Al Nasser are starting to fire into gear. You've seen them get a couple of wins on the bounce now Ronaldo's scoring Sadio Mane's scoring um it's it's been it's been a great start to the season when we think about it. Alakli being promoted back up again after they had their their shock relegation. I think they've been one of the stories so far of the season. So for for me, so much of the focus has been on, understandably so, has been on Al Nasser, uh, Al Hilal, and and Al Ittihad. But Alakli are the ones that are flying under the radar for me. They've probably got. They might not have the the standout names, although Riyad Mahrez certainly is in that in, in that bracket. They might not have the standout names, but as a collection of foreign talent, I reckon they've arguably got the best of the lot um, in in Jeddah. And and they're what are they now? Four wins on the bounce, I think it is undefeated to start the season. The crowds are flocking in in, in big numbers. The atmosphere, yeah, incredible there. So, uh, luckily for me, are the are the story so far in the early part of the season. 
Paul, that's great. I mean, we, I wanted to ask you. So obviously, we've heard a lot about how the Saudi League, with a sudden interest in it, it's 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 being broadcast all around the world. That wasn't the case twelve months ago, uh, as you said. You know, there's this massive interest. All these countries are, are, are uh, have set up deals to broadcast the games. How do, how is the game? How is it being viewed in your native Australia? Uh, obviously, you know, there's an interest, an AFC interest there, you know, in, and, and like a, a wider region mm. uh, in Asian football, because obviously you do, you cover all uh, Asian countries. So how do you see it? How is it being viewed? It's, re- it's a really interesting one because we know there's scepticism and, and cynicism from a lot of the Western world. And I think Australia probably still falls into to that bracket as well. But there are those within here in Australia, there are still those within Asia that, you know, have a, a, a bit of a, a leaning towards Asian football or, or just an interest in, in what's going on in the region that I think are genuinely excited about what it could mean for, for Asian football, what it could mean for the Champions League, the possibility of Asian uh, of Australian teams playing uh, the likes of Hilal, Itihad, uh, Al Nasser in in a Champions League match, and 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 coming up against those players. So I think it's certainly it it's captured the attention, without doubt. There is certainly more awareness of the Saudi Pro League. There's more awareness of the teams, the players, and, and, and Saudi football had always sort of been on the radar here in Australia. If you cast their minds back, you know, even further to it's almost ten years ago now to to when Western Sydney won the Champions League against Al-Hilal that sort of that was the one that sort of really put Saudi club football in particular on the the radar here Al-Hilal then became a a team that everybody knew and then with their exploits in the Champions League constantly making the final winning the 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 title a few times as well they were a club that was certainly on the radar so Australia was certainly aware of Saudi football we've played each other in national team matches in in World Cup qualifying we know that the Saudis got the better of Australia in World Cup qualifying the last time around. Someone like Hervé Renard was incredibly popular here in Australia as well. And then what they did at the World Cup in in beating Argentina, all of that sort of put Saudi football already on the map a a little bit um, in Australian football. What's happened over the last couple of months has only taken it to another stratosphere. The games are shown here live on, on TV. I think we get... Uh, a two, three games uh, live here a, a week on on one of the main free-to-air networks here in Australia, um, which was, I said, you go back 12 months, that would be unheard of that the Saudi Pro League would, would have such um, visibility here within Australia, but it's it's the reality here at the moment. So there's certainly more awareness, as I said, with those matches on TV, the names. And I was, I was, I was talking with someone today, actually, who has a son who's 11 years old, who uh, was a, a, said he was a mad Juventus fan because they followed Cristiano Ronaldo and he left to go then to Manchester United. And all of a sudden he was a Manchester United supporter. And the, the, the way of people these days is they follow players more than they follow teams. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there are now so many of these big name players that these kids have followed throughout their careers, the likes of, you know, Neymar, Cristiano Ronaldo, Benzema, players that children have idolised, the fact they're now in Saudi, I don't think it makes a difference to them where they're playing. They just follow their their favourite player wherever they go. So um, I've seen Al Nasser shirts walking the street here, um, which again would be unthinkable a couple of years ago. So it, it, it's it's certainly on the horizon here in Australia. Fantastic. That's amazing, Paul. That's brilliant. Uh, Paul, another thing, I was gonna, you mentioned the Champions League. And that's a really good point. You know, I was going to say, what is the knock-on effect for Asian football, like on the pitch? Obviously, like the, in terms of interest, you've, you've summed it up uh, 
uh, excellently there, you know. Uh, it, on the pitch, you know, I mean, for years, I mean, you and I remember the days 10 years ago and all that when we, we, we were constantly saying that, uh, you know, the, the eastern zone of, of Asian football seems to be stronger than the western zone when it comes to the, to the Champions League final and maybe, the, the, you know, the, the Japanese league, the Chinese league briefly and in Korea were considered the, the strongest because they produced and also produced the, probably the best, the best national teams. I think like now, I mean, you mentioned it, and I know you mentioned it in a couple of articles that you wrote for us as well. You know, the, the Saudi teams surely are the teams to beat in the, in the Champions League. And also the, the national team would, after, uh, after Qatar, would start to consider themselves now with Mancini joining that, you know, we, we will have the best league and best clubs and mm. the best national team. But in the, in the Champions yeah. League is like my, my interest is in that. Like, in, surely the other clubs will be say, thinking the, the it's going to be tough to stop the Saudi clubs now. Yeah, th- that's certainly the view on on this side of the continent as well. Is that well, it, it's all it, it's suddenly it's their title to lose almost, and whoever that may be, whether that's Itihad Al Nasser Al Hilal, um, it, it's their title to lose. That's how it seemed because the collection of stars that they've got they should be making it deep into the, the tournament. Those three Saudi clubs should all be in the, the quarterfinals of, of this competition. Of course, we know because it's split East versus West, there can only be two teams from the West that make it through to the semifinal. But you look at it on paper, it should be two Saudi clubs that make it through. So the pendulum has certainly swung and we've seen the dominance of Al-Halal in this competition over the last couple of years. They've become the dominant force within Asian football um, and that alone had started to shift the the pendulum. But, you know, now there's others joining, joining the fray as well. What it does, though, and it'll be really interesting to see how it, the effect that it has, is it puts a lot more pressure on these clubs to actually perform because there's an expectation now that that at least one of them has to make the final. As I said, the expectation is that two of them would make the semi-final. There's pressure and expectation and how they deal with that pressure and expectation will be really, really interesting to see as well. And on the flip side of that, what you're talking about with the national team, I certainly agree. I mean, they had to wait a long time to to get their manager, but their patience has paid off in, in getting Roberto Mancini. And now all of a sudden having him on board, they were going to be one of the the favourites going into the Asian Cup in any case because of their exploits in in Qatar. The fact they've now got Roberto Mancini in the dugout, it certainly puts them in that, you know, probably top one, two or three as the favourites going into that tournament as well. So it's certainly elevated Saudi football to a completely different level where there's a level of expectation and favoritism that comes with that and and being the favorite and and having that burden of responsibility is a completely different mental experience for the players as well so we're fascinated to see how they deal with that fascinating fascinating stuff to hear Ali from uh, you know we've heard from all around the globe now you know we've heard from um, from our Italian journalists from the UK and to get that take it's fascinating Uh, it can only be good for the game Uh, Paul you don't escape Uh, Ali's turn will come later in the podcast but as every guest does we're going to put you on the spot Uh, predictions for the Classico uh, this weekend is part one of your question on the spot and the second part to it as well as because we haven't seen you for such a long time we'll get you while we've got you is who wins the league 
I'm going to upset um, a lot of people here. Um, so maybe I should sit on the fence and go a draw. Uh, the Classico. Uh, firstly, it's going to be it's going to be exceptional. It's going to be a great game. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, I haven't seen the latest team news as to whether Benzema is is going to be fit to to play that one. Of course, we know he went off injured in their last encounter, so that will be really interesting. Even though he hasn't necessarily found um, the the form early in the season. The fact that it's at home, and we know how how good uh, Itihad were there last season, I'm going to lean towards them to to get the job done in this one. So I might not be welcome back in in Riyadh anytime soon, but uh, I'm going <laughs> to stick my neck out and say that uh, that Al Itihad will uh, will edge that one. As for as for the title itself, I mean, for it's. It's tough to say at this early stage of the season because there's so many, there's so many contenders. Um, as I said, I really like the look of, of Al Akli early. Have, but... have you got a fancy? Yeah, have you got a fancy for someone? Well, I, I really like the look of Al Akli early. It's whether they can sustain it throughout the, uh, you know, a, a, a twenty thirty game season. Um, whether they've got the the depth of of talent, we know the likes of probably Itihad and and Al Halal have, have probably got a better contingent of Saudi players as well. So um, how they can continue that form throughout uh, throughout a, a lengthy season will be will be interesting. But I, I really like them. I'm going to say that Al Akhli are going to finish top two this season. That's my uh, my bold prediction. As for who wins the title. I'm gonna go Al Hilal. I think they'll okay. they'll find a way to get they'll find a way to get the job done. Um, when Neymar comes back into the side, um, they've got a fantastic goalkeeper, Neymar and Mitrovic together. They're gonna to be hard mm. to stop. Fascinating, and and you know what, Ali, I have to say just before we let Paul go, but there's a phrase in football, uh, and, and Paul's just hit the nail on the head: find a way. Uh, yeah. All the top teams do, all the top coaches do, so. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Uh, all that remains for me is to thank uh, Paul Williams of the Asian Game podcast and website, of course, um, for his time. And hopefully we'll see you really soon, Paul. Definitely. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Great. Thanks so much. And I uh, hope to have you back on the show real soon. OK, uh, no question where's, where all eyes will be. Uh, Friday evening, it's champions Al-Itihad against the team they took the title from, Al-Hilal. It's the Saudi Classico, Ali. Yes, uh, we can't wait. This is going to be massive. Uh, we keep, we've been saying it for, in the opening weeks of the season and before the season started, Al-Hilal would not have taken last season lightly, last season's relative failures uh, lightly. You know, they, they lost their uh, uh, domestic title, they lost the, the, the Asian title as well. So they will be, you know, itching to get into Al Ittihad. You know, they, I think uh, it's going to be an, a, a fantastic match. You know, look, Al Ittihad have a perfect uh, record at the moment. I think the, the confidence they got from, uh, from winning the league last year is clear. Um, I think uh, it's a tough one to call, Peter. You know, I, I think so early in the season, you know, as you say, they, you know, Al Ittihad might be top, you know, per, uh, maximum number of points, but Al Hilal are slowly getting into their stride. And, um, Look, it's it's going to be the game of the season so far. Um, you know, with all these new stars uh, that have joined both teams, you know, I think uh, a lot of like, sort of the global audience has been keeping an eye on Saudi football. Uh, they would have been impressed with with you know the standard. Would have been impressed with certain performance. Obviously, a lot of eyes on Cristiano uh, and Al Nasser. 
some great crowds uh, in the opening uh, huge you know, crowds, weeks of this in hu- huge crowds and you know, a very colorful and all that and this will just be next level i think uh, you know if if you're listening to this i, I would really uh, um, recommend watching this game it's going to Absolutely. be something else yeah. can't wait for it it's going to be as you say it's well named uh, saudi classico um, okay it's time to bring in our muse's very own Khaled al arafa Alan, tell us about your week. Hi, Ali. Hi, Peter. How are you guys? As I told you before, every week we have something special here in Saudi Arabia. This week, we had Mancini signing a contract to be the head coach of the Saudi national team in a conference that I hosted here in Riyadh. Uh, it was really a big conference. A lot of TV channels attended, covered internationally, not only in Saudi Arabia. A lot of newspapers uh, were there as well. There, he answered a lot of questions, but one of them that I wanted to mention, that someone asked him what is his target, what is his objective right now. He said Asia 2027, and as you know, Ali and Peter, the Asia, this Asian Cup 2027, it's going to be in Saudi Arabia. So probably he's going to start building a new team, including some of the old names. We're just waiting for this FIFA day to see who's going to pick. I don't think he has a lot of time to look around, but we, we'll, we'll wait and see. And on the other hand, uh, I covered Al-Hilal Al-Tifak match. Al-Tifag and Gerard lost their first match. It was a really tough match in Riyadh against Al-Hilal. Al-Hilal won it strongly. I mean, Al-Tifag entered the game without two of the missing two of the important, most important players for him, Dembélé and Martial. So the team was suffering. And they didn't have a lot of opportunities in that match. But I spoke to Kualabali after the game directly. I asked him, how does he feel? Because the guy was injured. He said this match was really difficult for him because he just came back from a 10 days injury. But he had mentioned, he had mentioned that after the arrival of Yasin Buno, they, uh, they started feeling more secure, the defenders. Because him and Ali Al-Blehi now, they're in a good combination, including Yasin Buno. I think they're safe. And he said, uh, he promised Al-Hilal fans to give them 200% of his uh, energy uh, because they deserve it, the team deserve it and the guy is so happy promising them to win more games Ali, back to you Thanks to Khaled and we'll speak again next week, Ali, final word as always and I'm not going to let you away with it, we need your prediction for the big game Yes uh, well, I mean, look, look, away with it. <laughs> Plenty coming up, I mean plenty to keep an eye on uh, Peter, oh, you know the, the European transfer window closes in a day, uh, mm. closes this weekend, uh, and the Saudi one goes on for another week. So keep an eye on there. You know, a lot of developments. There's been talk of Mohammed Salah to Saudi, you know, nothing solid there. Uh, but, you know, like this, a lot of interesting things that could still happen in the week coming out. But then there's the international break, which we will discuss more next week. But again, um, uh, Saudi Arabia will be playing two matches at St. James's Park, your, uh, your beloved your beloved St. James's Park, Peter. So, uh, so that's, there's that to look forward to. Uh, you know, but you know, for now, you know, all eyes are on the Classico. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for Al Ittihad win. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I can I'll see that. I'll say, say Ittihad to Al Hilal one. Before I close, Ali, got a question for you because it's you. You mentioned twice in this podcast. Um, interestingly, that all you know. All the eyes of the world are on the Saudi League, which is fantastic. And it is so much so 
that the Premier League have spoken out. Quite a few clubs have spoken out. You, you mentioned the transfer window there. How the transfer window in Saudi is closing that little bit later than it is across Europe. Is that, is that going to be an issue for the big clubs? Um, I mean, look, I think... I think uh, the majority of the signings uh, by the Saudi clubs, you know, uh, has been done. I think, you know, they've filled up uh, uh, the majority of their spots. Um, there will be one or two, I think, la- late coming in. But uh, uh, I think, um, look, they, th- there's a week left. Uh, I think, yeah. So September 6th is when the Saudi window closes. I don't think they'll be... We'll keep an eye on I think there's going to be a couple of interesting uh, uh, signings. But I would say, by and large, the business has been done. Uh, it's unsettled the big clubs in Europe, though. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the clubs in Europe uh, don't like it. But you know, this is this is what's gone on f- uh, with, with them for years, and uh, exactly. And you know, like now they they're not too uh, glad that's happening to them. But uh, look, it's uh, like I said. You know, I think most of the coaches uh, of this of the clubs in Saudi be happy with their squads at the moment. You know, they'd want them to settle in. Uh, they probably don't want too many late arrivals, uh, you know. Like, uh, and uh, and we, as we said at the top of the show, they're already the top, uh, the big four. You know, the ones with the biggest signings uh, are really starting to get into their stride. You know, so I think the, the majority of them will be quite happy with what they have at the moment. Great stuff. Uh, look, can't wait uh, for the weekend and, of course, uh, for next week's episode. But that's it uh, for this Action Pack Week. We'll see you on the next episode of Dowry. Whoever your team is, good luck to you this weekend. <laughs>